I can help capture Andamna, the co-CEO of Serene Advent, an alliance in Wormhole, Losek, and Heisek. I'm also the co-host of the Canuck Capsuleer Chronicle. It's a weekly show about EVE Online news every Tuesday at 2015 Eastern Time Zone. In the second episode, I talked about the history of Amar, but if you are like me and don't know much about them, that's a bit complicated to understand everything. Why do they have Empress? What is the role of the hair? Or can I be an Empress? <laughs> No, I'm joking about the last one, but you understand, right? So we're gonna get into their political structure to really understand their action. That's the second episode of a series of four about Amal Empire. In the description of this show, I give you the guideline to help you follow me. I also decide that it's gonna be only four episodes of them because some of their notable characters should have their own episode instead of a little five minutes of glory in the middle of the other notable characters. So I'm gonna make episode about some of them after I cover the four empire. I hope you're gonna enjoy to dive into the political structure of the Amar with me. Also keep in mind that I'm doing the podcast to get better in English and you should know that now. Well, I'm sorry in advance. The Amar Empire is a feudal technocratic monarchy which can be best described as a single state made up of five vassal kingdoms covered by princes. Known as the Amar Emirs, we submit to the central authority of the Amar Empire. Beneath the hairs sit the feudal lords known as the Holders. We rule as the Duke and the Barons of various planets, moons, space stations, colonies, continents, and other holdings. The Emperor The Amar Emperor has numerous roles within the Amar government. He is both sovereign of the Amar state and leader of the Amar religion. Primary among his duties is that of enforcer of the scriptures, the holy laws of the empire. He also holds tremendous sway over the creation and insurance of the new law. Such decrees can be widespread and sweeping or extremely limited in scope. As the emperor speaks with the voice of God, he may countermand the scripture when necessary as well as advise those that reinforce his position. The Emperor is technically the highest court of the Empire as well, able to overturn any ruling set forth by the lowest courts of heirs. In the past he held open court, but this practice became untenable as the Empire grew. These days the Emperor only living judgments and extreme cases, such as when the empire itself is armed. (music) 
In theory, the umpire's role is absolute. In practice, it typically only has influence when personally present. Instead, it really of a number of official vessels and governmental bodies to carry out his order. While the emperor can make decisions that run counter to the wishes of his underling, he does so at risk. An emperor must carefully balance the wishes of a number of rival factions so that none undermine his rule. When the emperor dies, his successor is chosen from the heirs of five royal families. The families undergo a ritual known as the succession trials, with the winner cutting himself off from his family when crowned. The loser all must commit ritual suicide, a ceremony known as the shuttle sin. In theory, this prevents the losers from challenging the new emperor's rule. The ears. The Amar ears are the heads of the five royal families who hold permanent seats on the Privy Council. They are the Adi Shapur, Kador, Kor Azor, Sharon, and Tashmurkhan's families. The heirs are often compared to kings or prince of vassal kingdom. The heir function in a way similar to the emperor, albeit on a more limited scale. They are responsible for keeping the peace and enforcing the empire's laws. They may also create their own laws, which may be limited or broad, for the greater good or utterly capricious. They also collect taxes, regulate trade, and act as judge and jury for their own vessel. In some ways, they are less fettered than the emperor, as their domains are so subdivided that organized opposition can rarely mobilize. However, widespread abuses by the heirs have historically met with severe repercussion. Privy Council the Privy Council is technically the governing body of the Empire, but in reality it is a political battleground for its members. It is composed of the Emperor, the Five Heirs, the Imperial Chancellor, and Court Chandelion. The High Deacon of the Technology Council, the Candid Family Representative, the heads of the five imperial ministries and the grand admiral of the imperial navy. The council holds informal meetings known as closed sessions attended by the emperor, heirs and chamberlain. Four sessions with everyone in attendance are rare. 
The council is almost always split into various factions vying for their own way. The emperor must carefully juggle their interests, trying to keep from angering any one faction too much. It has often been joked that if the council does not end with every side feeling it has lost, the emperor has done a poor job. Olders. The older class makes up the diverse, Byzantine hierarchy that sits below the heirs. Much as the heirs are lesser emperors, the older are lesser heirs. They possess many of the same powers, albeit restrict to their own spheres of influence. However, the majority of olders are far more hands-on in their role than the heirs and are personally responsible for more mundane tasks. There are three basic tiers of older. Though these are true of approximations and may vary from region to region or even system to system. At the top are olders who oversee entire constellations or groups of systems. Somewhat below them are the olders who control individual systems. Last are planetary olders who, despite their name, may only own a single continent, city, or even space station. Of course, not all domains are made equal. The older of a rich, populous city may be better off than one who holds three desolate planets in the dead end of Arvidia. Imperial Courts The Empire possesses two separate empire-wide courts. They are typically referred to as an imperial court and consists of the Theology Council and the Civic Courts. The Theology Council is by far the more powerful and prestigious of the two, as it deals with religious crimes which hold a much wider scope in the empire that is often realized. The civic courts deal solely with secular matters, limiting both its influence and power. In truth, the civic courts tends to deal with commoners, misdemeanors crime, and violation of local ordinances. The theology council deals with any crime that is proscribed by the scriptures. This covers a wide range of potential crimes, everything from murder and heresy to thief and adultery. The Theology Council acts as an appeals court for both the civic courts and the courts of holders and the hearers. Imperial offices. The two imperial offices are often referred to as the left and right ends of the emperor. The two offices are often conflated 
and tend to step on each other's toes in pursuit of powers. When one is ascendant, the other is often weakened as a result. Currently, the post of Imperial Chancellor is the more powerful of the two. Held by Heirs Aritio Corazor, the office of the Imperial Chancellor administrates the vast bureaucracy of the Empire by being the overseer of a majority of the Imperial Ministry. It additionally acts as the penultimate law enforcer in the Empire, answering only to the Emperor himself. The court chamberlain is the Emperor's primary advisor and confidant. He speaks with the full authority of the Emperor, and when the Emperor is absent, is considered to be of equal importance. The court chamberlain does function, in many cases, as a surrogate for the Emperor, essentially allowing the Emperor to exert his authority in two places at one time. Imperial Ministries Finally, the Imperial Bureaucracy is overseen by several ministries. These ministries are all highly political and can engage in sculpture easily equal to that of the most cunning here. Each wields enormous power and influence, particularly over the commoners of the Empire. The Amar Civil Service is the largest employer in the Empire and deals with the more mundane acts of governance. It is responsible for issuing permits, managing the imperial archive, maintaining public utilities, and overseeing the infrastructure of government. The Amar Trade Registry oversees the finances of the Empire. It monitors all commercial transactions within the Empire, at least those made legally, and collects taxes for the Empire. With its ends in the economy of the Empire, it is perhaps the most important of all ministries. The Ministry of Assessment has fallen on our time recently, as exploration by the Empire has slowed significantly. It continues to hold dominion over the Empire's natural resources and parcel out contracts to various holders to exploit those resources. The Ministry of Internal Order is the primary intelligence and police force within the Empire. It works alongside the Theology Council to root out heretics and keep the peace. It's also spy on foreign nations, though it is regarded as least adept at this than the intelligence offices of the other empires. Finally, the Ministry of War oversees all branches of the Empire's armed forces, including the cluster's largest navy, the Imperial Navy. While traditionally staffed by civilians under the rule of Jamil I, the ministry has become far more militarized and now acts as a central command for the Empire's military.
That was interesting. Now we know that the Emperor can be at two places at the same time. And we also understand why Jamil I was dead and bring back from the dead. What we don't understand yet is why it is a grave sin to have cloned her. I feel we're gonna learn more about that in the next episode with the religion and culture. I hope you enjoy it and see you next week, Canucks and friends!